In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in May of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard, and while we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Hello, Mickey Weems. Aloha. How are you feeling right now? Feeling good. We're, we're wrapping up the session, and I'm, I think we've been doing pretty good so far. I, I, after hearing the first uh, four, I am really happy with the way the podcast is going and the, and the hard work that you guys have put into it. You're making me look pretty damn fabulous. So thank you. We're just showing you off. Uh, there you go. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty proud of it too. I'm glad you're happy with it. <laughs> uh, and and I don't I, sound like an idiot. That's the main thing. No, I do not sound like an idiot. You couldn't. I um uh, I do want to say that uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts where I know that they are rec- there's a week in between their recording sessions. And when we fir- first started working on these, we decided that we were going to keep each of our episodes short and we were going to be able to be flexible. And sometimes I don't think we've ever recorded two. I think we always record either three or four every time we get together. So we make sure that we stay ahead of the game because Mickey is uh, vibrant and absolutely um, focused with us right now, but we want to make sure that there is room for for you, Mickey, to say, I'm feeling kind of tired tonight or I'm not into it. And we're making sure that we're staying ahead of the game. So um, we all want you to make sure that you take breaks when you need them. But Again, tonight, like Mickey is ready to keep going and we're all saying, oh, (laughs) it's more energy than we do. Well, the one thing that that pleases me is the fact that I could die and my voice will still be rising from the grave. Yeah, It's like, you know, you feel like 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 Dracula. (laughs) Just knowing that. And, you know. Who knows, Mickey? We may. I I have no idea how how far we're going to be able to go with this, and um, we are all committed to being here for the long haul with you as long as you are comfortable doing this. Yeah, it's all in the doing. Yeah, agreed. <sighs> uh, let's talk about. Shaiva, 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 yeah, Shaiva spirituality. What is that? Okay, it's the belief in 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 Hindu cosmology, typical Hindu cosmology. Uh, there are many, many gods. There's a rumor that there are 360 million of them, but there are some gods that are really, really popular more so than others, and they tend to go into two major families, and the two families are are Vaishnava and Shaiva. The Vaishnava ones are the ones under uh, that pretty much are uh, under Vishnu, the, the, the main god who is um, manifested on earth in forms such as Krishna and Rama. Then there's the other side, uh, the darker side, because Krishna and Rama are very brave and bright and handsome. When you go to the other side and you go to uh, Shiva, Shiva has long um, matted hair, he doesn't take care of it. 
He covers himself in ashes from the from the graveyard, from the funeral pyres. It is said that he will he will take the we will walk on earth in the form of a resuscitated corpse. So there's this kind of horror show um, aspect of Shiva that I absolutely love because I love horror movies. I uh, so why did I think Shiva was female? A lot of people do. Well, Shiva has a consort and. She's a woman that has a, there's three personalities. She's Parvati, who is the good housewife. She is Durga, the warrior princess, kind of like Xena. And she is Kali, the demon. You know, isn't it just like this world to have the woman doing three jobs and the man's only <laughs> walking around like an ash covered corpse? Well, it's worse he'll run off with his buddies because he loves to smoke hooch um shiva loves smoking marijuana and so he'll run off with his buddies for for a thousand years into the mountains and meditate and smoke marijuana and like totally zone out and become one with the universe completely ignoring his wife mm. he comes back honey i'm home and of course he stinks you know so Par- parvati's got to deal with that and if she, and if he makes parvati really really mad she'll turn into kali as well she should, as one yeah. does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she has her Kali moments. And Kali is my favorite of the three. I Well, when you mentioned talked about the three, that one is the one that <laughs> resonated with me the most. Uh, so when you talk about Shaiva spirituality, uh, what does that mean to you? Um, it's something I learned. Uh, another thing about Shaiva is Shaiva is either mixed with what they call um, um, is mixed with a, a the feminine, a third form besides Vaishna and Shaiva with, uh, I think it's called it might be called Kali um, Kali worship that, that is considered a separate thing that you can honor the goddess without honoring any of the other guys. Um, but usually she is associated with Shiva himself. Um, it means a lot because first of all, it's very sexual. Shiva is on the, the, the graveyard, you know, with corpses, not a terribly sexy guy. But then when he gets together with his wife, they have sex so hard. They go at it so intensely that they merge. They become a being that is half Shiva and half Kali or half Parvati. Okay, that's hot. That's, that's, that's kind of interesting <laughs> um there's a story that shiva was in the presence of kali and she was her, her feminine energy was so great that everything around her was becoming feminine was becoming female the plants the animals and shiva himself started to become feminine and so he pleasured her as a woman oh so yeah, there, there's a, and if you look, if, if you look at enough Hindu myths, you'll, you'll see a homoerotic element in them. So um, yeah, they make an interesting couple and their, and their um, sexual collisions <laughs> are, well, they're kind of, kind of, kind of sexy. Yeah. So at the same, go ahead. Oh, uh, well, I was going to say, so then what is uh, Shaiva? spirituality is uh an essence uh of that energy 
it's it goes it goes even better um you notice that it goes with things that would normally repel people and there's a reason for that because the understanding of god the understanding of brahman in shaiva uh, uh theology is such that you do not want to devote yourself to shiva for reward that's you're missing the point Shiva is already such a beloved and good Lord to the entire universe that any kind of reward, heaven or hell, are secondary. You don't even worry about that. So you hear Shaivites saying things like, uh, take away your heaven. I don't want it. All I want is you. They don't care. Which kind of, which is right in step with Sufi, the Muslim Sufi thing. Interesting. So um, it, it is an energy. It is in mm-hmm. the doing. And it's so Shiva is all the arms. Uh, they all have arms. Uh, oh. the, the multiple arms show does so that they're so willing to give that two arms aren't enough. Oh, I never knew that. Do you have any, you, you have a, a deep and complex and very learned uh spiritual foundation do you have any doubts do you have any concerns about the um truth of any of what you believe i've talked with enough hindus that the whole basis of their mythological structure is that they they call it myth they don't have a problem with that they don't necessarily i'm some do some are hardcore so this is really the way the universe is but most of them say these stories are true all by themselves. They don't need to be based in reality. I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. If a story brings you to a spiritual enlightening, that is reason enough to consider it real. It doesn't have to be real in any other way. It doesn't have to have actually happened. Like a parable. Yeah. Gotcha. And of course, there's competition between the Shiva gods and the Vishnu gods. Oh, there is. Yes, there is. Leave it to the gods to have competition and jealousy and stuff like that. Well, (laughs) because the communities do this, right? So the communities come up with myths where where they're competing. And there's one where uh, Shiva has just saved the entire universe by preventing a demon from destroying it and... Um, he did it by turning into, wait, wait, let me make sure I get this right. No, Vishnu has just saved the entire universe by turning into a beautiful woman called Mohini. And Shiva said, actually, let me, let me look this up real fast to make sure I am correct that it is Shiva that is the person attracted and Mohini is, yeah, Vishnu. Okay. So. In order to keep this demon from destroying the universe, uh, Vishnu changes into this beautiful seductress, Mohini, who seduces the demon and prevents the demon from doing anything bad. So Shiva says, how did you do that? And, and, and Vishnu says, well, okay, watch. He turns into Mohini and Shiva can't help himself because Shiva, Shiva is represented by an erect stone representing the phallus. One of his main symbols that universally is a, is a stiff penis. So he immediately sees Mohini and he can't help himself. He starts chasing her down. 
and she kind of like she knew this would happen okay so it's kind of rapey and kind of not but it's still kind of rapey so i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to say that it's not not rapey at all um when he gets to her she starts changing back into vishnu and he doesn't stop so you have a scene where two guys are having sex once again homoerotic you know elements in in the midst of uh hindu theology shiva ejaculates on the thigh of vishnu that ejaculate grows in the thigh of vishnu and is eventually transplanted to several different goddesses who give birth to i think one is the most important one to the god of war who ends up saving the universe this because the idea was the only God that could save the universe in this particular danger was a God that was the son of both Shiva and Vishnu. And that's how that happens. He becomes Mohini. Um, <laughs> Shiva blows his wad and they get this new God. So, Why doesn't Marvel create a series of this stuff like R-rated Marvel? I mean, not even doesn't even have to be R-rated. You could get away with a lot of that without you know i think we better as adult swim as it oh or adult swim yeah okay i could see that oh by the way i just i just discovered shore leave uh that's animation right yeah <laughs> i don't know anything about it shore leave is uh is a hero really good shooter really muscular that is totally nelly he's totally queer he's funny he's every stereotype and he's a great hero and he's he's he's, he's camp he's campy he's one of the campiest heroes i've ever seen oh nice it's it's like do you remember snagglepuss yes snagglepuss was a pink theatrical mountain lion that i grew up with as a cartoon who i loved right exit stage right <laughs> heavens to Murgatroyd. so you can kind of tell that when snagglepuss talked he was kind of nelly himself oh my gosh i never thought about it he totally was and nobody really did think about <laughs> it so so here was this you know wink and a nod to queer men in this cartoon gay men knew it but nobody else did so he was able to be on children's cartoons How do you think, um, and well, and Paul Lind in Bewitched, oh, Paul, Paul. <laughs> Uncle Arthur was mm -hmm. completely gay. A lot of, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people like me who, I didn't know what gay was. I had never imagined such a thing when I saw them, but I knew I really, I liked those characters, Uncle Arthur and Snagglepuss. Liberace. <laughs> oh, Liberace. Yeah. How do you think? your world right now might be different if you were a straight man um that's almost impossible for me to fathom yeah i would hope that i'd be the kind of straight guy that would have experimented well what's it like to have gay sex and then gone back to being straight i would hope that i would have tried to you know yeah sure let's see what it's like because as a gay man i died gay man i definitely did have sex with women so um i don't know i i have recently uh heard from 
a very straight man I've known all my life who said that he thinks that um, every every man is tempted, but it's a man's job to, big air quotes, be a man. Uh, this is also coming from a... I love it when a man's a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that, that's my kind of guy. I mean, um, I, I I wonder about toxic masculinity and where oh, yeah. that fits into the the final, you know, months. I think that probably a lot of, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that a lot of your ability to have peace with where you are now is having peace with yourself. Do you feel like you have peace with yourself? For the most part. What's missing? Um, I'm happy, but I'm not satisfied. Oh, what would make you feel satisfied? Nothing. (laughs) Uh, I wonder, I mean, I remember the first time in my life I ever really remember feeling an emptiness was after my mom passed. I was still a teenager and I um I felt like there was this unsatisfiable need. Um so I maybe are you maybe grieving your in some way grieving for yourself? No. Um no. I'm grieving for everybody else. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a tough world. It's going to get tougher and tougher. It seems to be headed in a foul, rotten direction of of division and complete lack of understanding between the two sides. I look at it a little bit differently. I think one side understands the other perfectly clear. Well, that's what they're both saying. They both think they understand the other side. We we are both sitting on one side of this. However, I can show receipts where one side does not. When you see enough cognitive dissonance, when you see people saying things and you ask them about their basic values, and they completely disagree with their actions and you point this out to them, and rather than say, oh, wow, you're right, they immediately jump to something else. Mm-hmm. But they're so used to feel, just to just not... Not even taking that into consideration. The oh, let me give you an example. A dear friend of mine was saying that we need to claim back democracy the way that Robert E. Lee did. And I pointed out to him, I said, Robert E. Lee was not a champion of democracy. For him to make that statement, and then I tell him that, and he says, I know. I said, no, you don't. Because if you knew, you wouldn't say such a thing. So when you see that over and over again, when, when, you say, when, when they say something like that and you say, okay, you realize that this is just simply not true, and you show them according to their criteria that what they've said is wrong, when they, that they immediately go to something else. They don't deal with it. Yeah. That's the form of insanity. Yeah, I've definitely seen that uh, with friends of my own. So your biggest concern is not for yourself. It's for what you're leaving behind. Yeah, including my friends that are, you know, saying things like Robert E. Lee was the champion of democracy. I love this guy. He's a great guy. 
I worry about him. I, I worry about his mind. I, I also know that he has massive PTSD. So I give him a break. He you know, serves in the service. He's seen, seen some pretty horrific things. So whatever's going on in his head, I'm, I'm not sure that he has control over everything. Well, I highly recommend EMDR therapy for anyone with PTSD. And, um, and I, 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 I feel like for anyone in your position to be concerned with others, not for yourself, um, it, it's not, it doesn't surprise me that you would say that. And also, I believe you when you say that. I don't think you're saying that because it sounds like a good um, thing a hero would say. I, I think that you really are. I ask these questions about you, whether or not you're comfortable. I, I believe you when you say that you are. Maybe I keep asking them because it's so... Um, if I got the same diagnosis, well, it'd be pretty strange if I got prostate cancer, but if I got a, <laughs> if I got right, a, sim- questions. <laughs> if I got a similar diagnosis, as many as there are redheads, there are as many intersex people born in this world as there are people born natural redheads that blew my mind. Um, if I, I mean, I think that this podcast is helping me, but if I got a similar diagnosis, right now, I would not be ready. I would not be ready. And um, well, I hope that anybody listening to this, I hope that this podcast is around for generations to help people come to terms with what's going on here and what's next. May I, may I say one thing to the audience? When somebody tells you these have, they have these things and they tell you what they're going through and how they're treating it, Please do not give them your unsolicited medical advice. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Um, the other day I was walking and a man comes up behind me and sees me with a stick and says, oh, you're with Aikido? I said, no, this is because I'm disabled. He asked me what for. I said prostate cancer. And he said, you know that ozone and vitamin C will cure it. And I said, thank you very much. And he said, you're under the care of doctors, right? I said, yes. He said, that's your first mistake. Uh, I said, have a nice day. Uh, namaste over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, just that just gets so so tired. You know, I know that part of his heart means well, but I know it's also this form of browbeating that I really do. It, 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 no, nah, I'm 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 done with that. Uh, I'm 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 not gonna. Hopefully, I don't snap on somebody. But sometimes I get close. I don't think it would be a bad thing. If it, it, well, I mean, it's it's for some people, it's a coping mechanism. Oh, we're almost out of time. For some people, it's a coping mechanism. For some people, if they really truly want to help and this is all that they know. And some people just had, just think they know more than doctors. All right, we got to go. Thank you, Mickey. Talk soon. Sure. Bye. Aloha. I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying.